So do you guys, do you ever watch a Hall of Fame ceremony? Um, do you ever sit down and watch them? I, I love them. I, I watch quite a few of them. Um, if you if you haven't watched them, basically, someone stands up in front of a crowd and then proceeds to just gush about that person, rave about that person, tells about their life's journey that got them to that point of success, whether it's a, an artist or a performer or a singer or an athlete. You know, life's journeys, the, the pitfalls, the difficulties, the things they overcame. And then they got to that place of opportunity. And then at that place of opportunity, they seized it. And then they thrived. And their career was, you know, one to be praised about. And, and then they introduced that person and say, now they've made it to this hall of fame. And they call the person up and then, you know, that person says a few words and then they're, they're giving the trophy or the jacket or the honor or whatever it is. So you know what Hall of Fame ceremony that I like the best? It's not football. That's the easy answer, and that's not even the right answer. It's not football. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony every year. Now you got to push back, you know, some like a lot of drug references and a fair share of profanity. Um, but I love it because. When, the, when they're done raving about that person or that band, then they come up, they say a few words, and, and they really do say a few words. They're not there to say a ton. Because what do they want to do? They want to play their song. They're not done. See, they're being honored, but they're not done. They're still at work. They still want to grab that axe. They still want to get behind the drums. They still want to grab the mic and wail. And that's exactly what they do at the Hall of Fame uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And so that's my favorite. Seeing these these old dudes, and I remember them as young dudes, and they're old dudes now, and, and they're still just up there killing it. Sometimes when they're being raved about, you go, man, you're laying it on a little thick there, buddy. I, you know, you're. we understand you're a fan, but man, it, it can't be that good. Anybody ever read the book of John? Anybody ever read John? Man. Talk about someone raving about someone else. In the book of John, Jesus raves about a person and goes on and on and on about the benefits of this person. About the strengths of this person, the gifts of this person, you know, the, the, the fruit of knowing this person. Raves goes on and on and on and absolutely convinces us about this person. So who is this person? The Holy Spirit. In the book of John, we see Jesus just rave about the Holy Spirit. John 1, John 6, John 14, John 15, John 16... I mean, those are the passages I'll be sharing today. But all throughout the book, in John, Jesus raves more about the Holy Spirit than any presenter ever did for any athlete or artist or performer. 
when Jesus asks John to baptize him, and, and you know John puts up a little protest, and Jesus says, "No, no, this this has to be done. This has to be done to fulfill all righteousness." Let's read that passage out of Matthew three, and then we'll turn to John, and we'll pretty much stay in John outside of maybe one passage uh, in First Corinthians. So Matthew three, thirteen through seventeen. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Good for you, John. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up out of the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Let's look at John's account in John 1.32. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit. This is John saying, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and and what? And remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen, and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Do you know that all four Gospels tell of a portion of this in different ways, but all four Gospels say, He is Jesus. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? There's only a small handful of things that are listed in all four Gospels. And this is one of them. He is Jesus, and He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. When, when John, you know, just not seeing the, the full big picture, was like, no, Lord, it's, <coughs> it's me who needs to be baptized by you. Jesus knew the big picture. See, the Word tells us that Jesus did nothing except what the Father said, what the Father told him. So Jesus knew what was coming. Okay? I, I firmly believe that Jesus knew that that the Holy Spirit was about to fall upon him, descend upon him, remain upon him, and empower his ministry to do the things he needed to do. To empower his ministry, to endure temptation in the wilderness, to uh, empower him in every act of ministry he did, to empower him to walk in obedience to everything the Father asked. John 3, 31. In this passage we're about to read, we see that this is when Jesus himself was given the Holy Spirit without measure and became fully conscious of who the Holy Spirit was. So John 3, 31 through 34, He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, 
yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent, Jesus, utters the words of God. For he, Jesus, gives the Spirit without measure. We see in all four Gospels, and just so you know, if you're taking notes, Matthew 3.11, Mark 1.8, Luke 3.16, John 1.33. We see in all four that Jesus is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And then John says, He gives the Spirit without measure. I love that there is no value size Holy Spirit. There is no kid size Holy Spirit. Young people, when, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't get a kid size. And it doesn't come with like a plastic toy, man. It comes with gifts. The Holy Spirit without measure. Friends, what, why do I, why do we settle for living our lives as Christians without Holy Spirit without measure? We do. We do. We, we live our lives satisfied with Holy Spirit light. How do we do this? Honestly, I think by ignoring Him. By ignoring Him. By not listening, by not responding, by being too busy, by not talking to Him. You guys, the, the, the Trinity, God is not in competition with itself. Like, uh, you know, I, the majority of my prayers, you know, probably go to the Father in Jesus' name. Because Jesus said, whatever you ask my Father in my name, in accordance with his word, I'll do it for you. So that's a pretty good formula. So when I know what, what God's will is and I see it in the word, man, I talk to the Father in the name of Jesus and I ask for these things. But guys, we can talk to the Holy Spirit. We can talk to Jesus. We're not just limited in talking to the Father. But so many times we don't invite the Holy Spirit. We don't welcome the Holy Spirit. We don't ask the Holy Spirit. We don't listen for the Holy Spirit. And so we're living with Holy Spirit light. And friends, if we haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're living with Holy Spirit light. Because see, when we, when we got saved, we got God. We got the Father, we got the Son, we got the Holy Spirit. We got God. But there's, there's a separate work of baptism in the Holy Spirit. When we hunger, when we wait, when we seek, we find. Many Christians live in continuous frustration, not knowing that there is a person, the Holy Spirit, who has been sent to guide us, to teach us, to empower us, to counsel us and to comfort us. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit's not an it. Holy Spirit's a person. He just has the in front of his name. We could, we could do that. I mean, if, I mean, the Michael. What's up? That's the Michael. But he's a person. Some of us live powerless lives in our own strength and then we get frustrated. Lord, where's the power? But if we don't acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit, 
Yeah, I could see how it would be frustrating. And I, being powerless. Yeah, I could see how it's frustrating. 1 Corinthians 12.3 tells us something amazing. It says, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Friends, the Holy Spirit is alive and active and moving and working and guiding us to the truth of Jesus Christ. We can't even know Jesus as Lord without the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's continue to look in John here as Jesus really makes an introduction of the Holy Spirit really starts raving about the Holy Spirit, setting the stage. He knows that, that his death, you know, his arrest and his betrayal, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, he knows all that's on the horizon. So he starts raving about the Holy Spirit. He starts preparing the disciples. He starts comforting them right now. See, the things the Holy Spirit does now are the things that Jesus did when Jesus walked this earth. So Jesus is comforting the disciples. What is, the, what is another name for the Holy Spirit? Comforter. Jesus teaches his disciples. He teaches the masses. He teaches the crowds. What does the Holy Spirit do now? Teaches. Jesus showed a way. What does the Holy Spirit do? He guides. So here's the intro that Jesus makes of the Holy Spirit to the disciples. John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives peace do I give it to you. So let your hearts not be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He, peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Friends, the Holy Spirit is the peace of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the peace of Jesus and He didn't leave us in turmoil and He didn't leave us in confusion and He didn't leave us hopeless or abandoned. He left us with peace, His peace, the Holy Spirit. Helper. This is the first descriptor of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives, Helper. How many of us feel like we need a helper? If I told you I could give you a physical helper, and this, this person, man, she was talented and strong and brilliant and smart and capable and resourceful and punctual and all kinds of great things in with all. And she was going to be your helper. What have you needed? She was going to guide and direct and strengthen. I mean, like a physical person. You got... 
We'd all lose our minds. Yay! Yay! Thank you, Lord! And whatever our imagination can conceive, the Holy Spirit's better. Whatever kind of help we can conceive or, or whatever type of adjectives or descriptors we can, we can assign to that, that imaginary helper I just mentioned, the Holy Spirit is not an imaginary helper and is way better. But yet as Christians, too many times, we ignore the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's also pretty dang powerful, and I think it's that power that we get a little intimidated by. It's that power that we get a little afraid of. See, the Holy Spirit is there doing the work of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is there bringing about what Jesus is saying to do and to carry about and to say. And you better believe there's power in that. And it's that power part that, that we get a little nervous about. Holy Spirit, I, you know, you're welcome because I need a helper. As long as what? As long as you don't do what? No tongues. Whatever you do, no tongues. Tongues are embarrassing. I don't know how to explain tongues, Holy Spirit. I like to explain things. I, and I can't explain tongues. So you're good and you're welcome as long no tongues. Well, hold on. And maybe the word prophecy sounds weird. You know, no prophecy. No, what, whatever. Next thing you know, that's what we're doing, friends. We're handcuffing the Holy Spirit saying, you be you without being you. You be you and you guide us into all truth without all the truth. Truth light. Jesus light, Holy Spirit light, power light. The Bible tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? Where's the Holy Spirit seated? I'll tell you what, He ain't seated. He's working. He's at work. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father because He said He's finished. The Holy Spirit's at, still at work. It's not finished for the Holy Spirit. His work here on earth, doing the work of God, He is active. He never sleeps and never at rest. So what else did Jesus have to say about the Holy Spirit? John 14, verse 25. Is that the one I just read? Yep. John 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Bear witness. Proof. The Holy Spirit is proof of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is proof of Jesus. See, we also have pretty good historical records thanks to the Roman government and thanks to to the Hebrew structure of, of church and temple. So we have real good historical records. So we have proof of Jesus historically. But see, the Holy Spirit is proof of Jesus right now, that he's alive right now. Not that just that he lived then, but that he's alive now. Holy Spirit's proof. That he's at work and in power and alive. 
Jesus had more things to say about the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. If there's ever been a person in the world who did not have to say, I tell you the truth, it was Jesus. But he's going to great lengths here to, to say, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. So everyone's listening. He's got their attention. Then he says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and he'll convict the world concerning righteousness. And he'll convict the world concerning judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will no longer see, you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Sin is a dangerous thing and we need to be, we need to be convicted of sin by the Holy Spirit. So that we can repent and and let it have no hold in our life. So that we can we can repent of sin so it doesn't progress to death. Because that's what sin leads to. Sin leads to to habit. Habit leads to to stronghold. Stronghold leads to bondage and leads to death. So the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin because he doesn't want to see us in death. But he also can convicts us, us of righteousness. And thank God he does. Because a false sense of righteousness is a dangerous thing too. A religious sense of righteousness or or, um, a a misplaced sense of self-righteousness is a dangerous thing too. And it leads to death as well. Any righteousness outside of God leads to death as well. My own form of religion. Friend, you don't get to write the rules. I don't get to write the rules. They ain't my rules. I don't get to edit them. I don't get to revise them. And neither do you. The rules are written. And His standard is set. And it's that standard of righteousness that the Holy Spirit reminds us of. Anybody want to hear more of Jesus' introduction of the Holy Spirit? Verse 12, still in chapter 16. This is awesome. Please grab a hold of this, guys. Please grab a hold of this. Jesus saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Let's, why don't you guys repeat after me. This, this is Jesus talking. He says, I still have stuff to say. He said, but you can't bear it now. He goes, I'm not done talking. I'm not done speaking. I'm not silent. You just can't bear them right now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth for he will speak he will not speak on his own authority but whatever the Holy Spirit hears me Jesus speaking he will speak and the Holy Spirit will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you all that the Father has is mine Therefore, I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is remarkable. 
This is Jesus saying, I'm not done talking. You still need to hear what I have to say. And it's the Holy Spirit who will tell you what I'm saying because I'm still speaking. He may be seated, but he's not mute. Seated means the work is done. That's what that means. Seated means it's a place, it's a place of authority and it's a place of completion. It's done. But he is still speaking. And the Holy Spirit brings the words of Jesus to us, the plans of Jesus to us, the heart of the Father to us, the thoughts of Jesus to us, the plans of Jesus to us. The Holy Spirit, Spirit brings those things. Are we starting to figure out why Jesus raved so much about the Holy Spirit? And yet we ignore the Holy Spirit far too often. Now, I don't know that that's entirely true of this church, but friends, this is an equipping session right now, okay? This is equipping the saints for the work of ministry because when we leave here in, I don't know, three hours, um, you guys... I'm just kidding. When we leave here in mere minutes, you're going to go out there. And you're going to go to the places and the neighborhoods and the homes and the schools and the workplaces and the teams and the organizations and whatever. And you're going to go out there and you're going to bring Jesus. And you cannot bring Jesus without bringing the Holy Spirit. You can't. You you can't. Because if, when Jesus is speaking now, he's doing it through the person of the Holy Spirit what Jesus said. Let me see it again. Yeah, that's what he said. And so I believe in this place we we speak to the Holy Spirit, we talk, we listen, we embrace, we welcome. But friends, there's a world out there that is frustrated because they're walking around without, without power. And there's even other Christians out there that if they knew it was just this easy to walk in, to walk in power, but that frustration could be minimized. But we got to speak up. We got to share. But it, but it does start with us. We got to welcome the Holy Spirit. We got to embrace the Holy Spirit and honor the Holy Spirit. And I I don't know a single Christian that that intentionally ever like dishonors the Father. Man, we as Christians, we got it down. We honor the Father. Friends, we better honor the Holy Spirit just as much. Just as much. And we honor the Son. Hmm. I'd like the team to come up right now. Um, simply because I, I, I just don't want to close another service in, in prayer without seeing if the Holy Spirit had more. Had more to do. So I, I know this much. I know that that if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. We're just going to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And then we'll we'll see we'll see what happens from there. Fair enough. 
I promise you this, whatever he's got for you is going to be good. Even if it is tongues. Even if it's tongues. Whatever he's got is going to be good. Whatever he's got is a gift. Our God only gives good gifts. And how much so, there's a passage that says, how much so does our Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So here's the thing, guys. Um, there's got to be an asking. There's got to be an asking. If you've never be, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, no one's going to browbeat you. you got to ask for it. you got to be like, yeah, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Let's say you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but right now there's just a numbness to your life. There's just a... Maybe you've hit a plateau. Or maybe it's been a hard season. Numbness comes from a lot of different things. And and so you need... Not the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You just need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need to be topped off. You need to be emptied of that stuff that's... Yeah, you know. And you need to be topped off and filled to overflowing. And just be filled anew with the Holy Spirit. Once again, ask. Not me, not me. Ask. Maybe you need a word from the Lord. Ask. And then listen. Wait upon the Lord. And listen and see what he says. Because he's speaking. Speaking not just to the prophets, but speaking to his children and his church.